I just think it's great, you know, being able to really come to a place where you can always restore the standard has been such an important thing for our family and to understand that we all are going to go through seasons where we're going to need to walk through things. But as long as we can walk through it with God and with our family, it's going to be okay. Hello, everyone. We are Greg and Jackie Francis, and welcome to High Performance Parenting, where our passionate goal is to encourage you to raise champion children in a crazy world. Every week, we will bring you multiple episodes from our extensive experience of raising our six, (laughs) yeah, six, happy, healthy, successful, godly kids who are confidently equipped to win big in life. We deeply believe that any parent who is provided with the right knowledge and continual support can raise amazing kids. And when they do, all of our futures get better. If raising up future generations of absolute champions matters to you as much as it does to us, here's how you can contribute. Like and share this podcast with everyone you know. And together, let's embrace this journey of raising champion kids in a crazy world. We're continuing this topic on forgiveness slash speaking into someone's identity. You know, last time we spoke a little bit about the whole idea of when someone makes mistakes, you remind them of their greatness. You help them walk through whatever they need to walk through to create any kind of level of restoration they need to and say their sorries, et cetera. And then, um, you know, reminding them they can be better leaders than they ever could have been at before failure. And it's, I want to talk about this a little bit more before we move on because, you know, one of the things that can happen is as you become a leader, even in a family, even as a father or mother, um, you realize there's like a greater responsibility to not make mistakes, right? Well, the pressure's on you, it feels like. Yeah. And, and the we spotlight's all- spotlight's on you. <laughs> and we all feel that. I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people are terrified to have kids. It's not necessarily that they're nervous about some of the messiness that comes with kids. I think it's more they just don't believe that they can handle it. They don't believe they can handle the responsibility of it and the weight of it. And well, so, and that's really interesting you saying. I think healthy people kind of have that question. You know, I think some people, it goes to show how broke, you know, the world is at times, doesn't even think about that. And they think it's okay to bring people, children into true. this world and not take responsibility to raise them up in a godly way or really any real healthy way yeah. whatsoever. And they bring more children into this world just to really confuse the world. Yeah. And that's why I talk about so many times when we are t- coaching or helping anybody, the importance of taking the time to plan out what it's going to look like in your household for everything, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your parenting, whether it's your faith, whether it's your relationships. Mm-hmm. And not to take that as just like, yeah, I mean, we'll get to the parenting thing once we're in the situation. Mm-hmm. It's planning ahead. And like we were continuing with the whole topic with what we were just talking about in the last episode where Drews was going through that challenging season um, it would have been really easy for us to maybe revert back to some old thinking or old ways or things we had seen to say, you know what, I'm not going to slow down and discuss this with you anymore. This is the ramifications. This is what you're going to do. I'm done. Sit in your room. We're taking everything away from you. Yeah. We'll get back to Drew Smith. I want to finish my thought. Um, you know, when, when there isn't a level of, I think, godly standard and how to create um, real restoration versus just punishment, um, what happens then is parents or leaders, whether it's somebody in a church or somebody in a business or whatever, they can tend to become professional liars. You know, in, in other words, think about even just like what I've seen in, in different church organizations where somebody starts growing and then they get promoted because they're doing a great job. But now as you get promoted, there's even more um, pressure to be more perfect because 
in your position, you should be even that much more on track. You should never make mistakes. You get even to a higher level. Now it's like you have almost no room to make any mistakes. And even if you do make any mistakes, then where do you take it? What do you do with it? Do you take it to people who are in charge knowing that their form of, well, if you're going through that, that's not okay for a person in your position of influence. Therefore, we have to put you through our personal made up restoration process. So in other words, you lose your position because you're going through real things. And this is why there's over, I think, a 50% burnout rate or fallen rate for pastors. There's you know, high level business leaders that are trying to do things with honor. It's like they get trained in a system that doesn't have this culture of honor, that there's no room for mistakes. They can't go anywhere. So then they become professional liars. They're really dealing with just as much stuff. In fact, probably more stuff. I know me personally, the higher levels of leadership we've ever risen to, there was so much more pressure, like so much more pressure. I'm always on the edge of doing things that I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it because I'm leading right? And because of that, you're going to make more mistakes. And if there's no room for mistakes, there's not a, the right philosophy of how to overcome mistakes, then how do you keep advancing? And this is where I think people stop even trying to lead. And, but, that, but God made us as leaders. And so we don't want that to come into our family. You know, we don't want that mentality, even, even for you and I, you know, I don't want our kids to not have a philosophy of how to actually, how to actually um, remind of greatness, how to handle mistakes, how you know, because we make them all the time. And so, you know, before we get to the Jerusalem thing, I, I think it's important for us to talk about the idea of when mistakes happen, wh- how we handle it is we have a philosophy of restoring the standard, right? And with this philosophy, you know, I remember hearing a story, I think it might have been Chris Valentin, maybe Danny Silk, one of these guys that we were studying about relationships. And he was given an example of, you know, pitcher, um, that there's this guy and he's arguing with his wife, you know, and it gets pretty heated and there's a lot of screaming happening. And this guy is screaming at his wife in the kitchen and the turns around and he's got his little four-year-old, five-year-old boy standing there with these big old eyes, just looking at him like, what is happening? I'm scared, you know? And of course, when you're in that situation, if you've ever been in that situation, which probably many of us have, then you look and you catch yourself. You're like, oh my gosh, how am I acting right now? And I remember seeing the guy knelt down and he looked his little boy in the face and he said, hey, listen, I should not treat your mother like that. I should not treat my wife like that. And I am sincerely sorry. Will you forgive me? And he said, the little boy, if you've ever, if you've ever been in situations where you have little kids like this, it's amazing when you ask for forgiveness. You know what I'm talking about, right? They, they just melt in your arms. They look at you with the most sincerity and they're like, of course I forgive you. I forgive you, daddy. You know? And gave him a big hug, said he forgives his dad. And uh, he said, okay. And so then he went on a business trip. He comes back like a week later or something. I think he got back a date before he was expected to get back. And he walks in the house kind of sneaking in to surprise everybody. And he comes around a corner and there's this five-year-old boy screaming at his wife, screaming at at his mom. And he's like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? And the little boy like looks at him. And he gets down and looks him in the face and he says, Hey, listen, you can't speak to my wife like that. You know, you don't, you don't get to speak to your mother like that. And the little boy goes, yeah, but you did dad. And that's that moment that I think so many of us probably don't really know what to do if we haven't been taught a philosophy. Cause I know before I learned this, I'd have been like, he's right. I screwed up. I made a big mistake and now it's being duplicated. And then it just pours on like, okay, now that I make a mistake, now I'm building this into my kids too. 
geez, what a loser I, I am is what I'm thinking in the back of my brain. And then you're almost like, well, I don't even know how. So do I have to be more perfect? Because I lost my temper. I didn't mean to, but I did. I can't even promise I won't again. Like, I don't even, I didn't want to do that. I did it. And then it creates all this weirdness. And then I think people start backing up and don't even know how to react to situations. So then they start avoiding situations. And as we all know, we have a world full of passive men right now. And I think a lot of it is because they don't know what to do. And, um, and so he says, and this is the, this is the main teaching point is he says to his son, after the son said, Hey dad, yeah, but you did it. He said, no, you don't get to do that to me. When you forgave me, when you told me that you forgave me, that restores the standard. That restores a standard of where we operate on. Just like it says in Hebrews, where these sins we remember no more. It's not just that it's forgiven. It is forgotten. And there's so much power in that. That way, you know, things don't get built and you can hold something over somebody else's head. And it's like, okay, we get in the next fight or you get in a challenging thing with your kid and they say, well, you did this. And I say, well, yeah, but you did this. And when you did this in the past... You know, and you always do this and, you know, it just creates this mess where there's never any like real, I, I would say, uh, restoration of any kind of situation. And so in our family, it's one of the things that we have made sure that when somebody makes a mistake, when they genuinely come to you and say they're sorry, then we not only say it's okay, we say it's okay. And just, you know, the standard is restored, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I want to hit on the most actually in this, in this, um, podcast today is that, um, when the kids do make a mistake cause they do, and we make mistakes cause we do that the situation just like Drew's when, you know, he said, you're right, I did do this. And he took ownership and he was remorseful and you could tell it through his actions and from his tears and from his words and from the sincereness in his eyes. And when he said, you know, I'm really, really sorry. And I want to, I want to do this right. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, we had an opportunity at that point to remind him of whose he was and his greatness. And when we did, we spoke the, the words over him. He looked into our eyes and said, I am a good boy. I do do good things. That action wasn't right, but I'm a good person. I'm a good boy. And we had a chance to love on him and pray with him at that time. And, um, Remind it was and, powerful. And then the best part about it was, and then we sat down and said, so we need to make a game plan because now we got, we, we have to take all the stuff. We have to return it. Yeah. We have to say our apologies, but we're going to walk through it with you. You do not have to grab all this stuff and meekly go around and maybe tell your grandparents you're sorry or, or tell a neighbor person you grabbed something by yourself. You will have to do it. And there are now our actions that we have to take. But we're going to do it with you, and we're going to hold your hand. And we're going to you know, help you say what you need to say. So if you're getting upset, we will help walk through you with this. And it was so neat because we had a chance to do it. It took like a week to return all this stuff. <laughs> and um, again, the majority of the stuff he stole, to be honest with you, most people were like tossing it in the garbage. They didn't even clippers. want it. <laughs> but the fact of the matter was we got this opportunity to do it because it wasn't really about the stuff. You know, it was showing what is in the future things happen mistakes happen we're going to walk through it with you yeah. but we're going to have to clean up the mess sometimes and sometimes the mess is a mess yeah. and we are embarrassed of it we're ashamed of it we don't want to deal with it but at least if somebody you trust is holding your hand and walking with you you know you could do it so we did it we walked through it and before we ever started we just said 
you know, um, we love you, Drews. You know, and when he's like, I'm sorry, I'll be like, forgiven and forgotten. I already forgave you. It's already forgotten. And every time, and to this day, he's now, you know, fast forward six years later, he'll say, those are my favorite words you say to me, mom. And I'm like, I will always forgive you and I will always forget it. And I will always move on (laughs) as long as you walk through the steps of making the amends where you need to, and that you really take the time to, you know, come to terms, you know, face into it with God. We will always be able to make everything right together. And he's like, thanks. And it just brings tears to my heart because yeah. I think of this strong young boy that is so fierce in every area of his life, whether it's in sports or whether it's in his convictions or whether it's in how he prays so boldly or how he has these amazing relationships he's always leading. He's just such a butt-kicking little boy that I'm so proud of. And then he has these little humbling situations where he reminds me that he's just the innocent, the child of Christ. And don't we all feel that way sometimes? We just want to be able to be that innocent and feel that vulnerable with God and feel like at any time somebody's walking with us. And of course, God is always walking with us. But one of the best things, especially within our family, is that we can walk with our children mm-hmm. when they make mistakes. And I can't tell you how many times they've work, walked with us when we've made mistakes yeah. and had to walk through things with us because of decisions we've made that we've had to clean up. And that's one of the coolest things. And you know, I love it because I think I look back now and I think about some of the situations. And Drew's is just one example Um, You know, obviously all of our kids have done things, but I remember doing this wrong at one point and there was a situation where, you know, something had happened in the kitchen and um, some of the kids were really just not listening and not behaving. And I was starting to get pretty frustrated. And this is when the kids were a lot younger. And at times it was a little overwhelming, as most people can imagine. You know, we had five kids, four and under. So it was pretty trying at times with all the different moving parts. And I just remember this one time, one of our children had made a mistake and I was kind of at my wits end. And majority of the time I could kind of get out of the situation and walk up to our room, take a breather, you know, whatever the situation, but things were happening so quick. And I just started yelling and being like, why are you doing this? And why are you behaving like this? And, you know, not at all at this point, really walking through the steps of what we had learned. Yeah. And, um, and I, actually, I don't even know if we had really learned or if we were just beginning because it was so a long time ago. And I remember um, one of our little girls literally put her little head on um, the chair and she started crying. She goes, I don't know what you want me to do right now to make this all stop. Mm-hmm. And I think any parent can sit there and grab themselves and look like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is not a good situation and I'm the one doing it. These are children, you know, and if she doesn't know what to do to make this right right now, why am I even in the situation where this has to happen? And I just remember looking at her and holding her and being like, I am so sorry. This is my fault. I started yelling without even at that point saying, if you guys hadn't done this, Mm. I wouldn't have started yelling. Mm -hmm. If you guys had just behaved. Just so natural to do. It is so natural because what did happen? They're kind of not behaving correctly, but here's me blaming <laughs> so their actions on my behavior. How completely unhealthy and immature could I be to be doing that? And at the, and she just looked at me kind of like with all sweetness. And I think she wanted to say, you're right. It is your fault. But <laughs> <laughs> she never went up to me. But she just looked at me and I'm like, I am so sorry. This is not your fault. I should not be yelling. Can we slow down for a minute? Can we talk about what's going on right now? 
and to open those doors so that at that moment she could tell me what was really going on and I could tell her what was going on and I could apologize again to our children for yelling or getting upset. And I think that's one of the neatest things is that our kids feel very open to come to us with their mistakes because we come to them with our mistakes. Um, and a perfect example of this is just like uh, a couple weeks ago, Greg and I had been arguing. Um, and we try really hard, I think every parent does, to, you know, obviously um, not argue in front of the kids or not to, you know, blow up a situation where they have to feel like, you know, they're in the middle of anything that we're dealing with at the time. So we were having a disagreement. I know it's hard to believe that I would disagree with Greg about anything, but it happens. You know what I mean? Like you think you're on the same page together and then sometimes you're not. And uh, we were disagreeing and, um, you know, the kids, you know, kind of knew we were disagreeing. We ended up kind of like, you know what? The night's been long enough. We're done today. Like we're going to discuss this at a different time. Everybody kind of went to bed, but I felt really bad in the morning because I felt like, you know, we had just had this argument. The kids were kind of left not understanding like what we were even arguing about. Not that we have to explain everything to them, but they didn't even understand why we were arguing what was happening. And so I woke up the next day and the kids were all, you know, they'd come and snuggled in bed with me. And I, I don't remember where you went, but I was in bed with them. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm like, can we chat for a minute? And they were so like, yeah, mom, let's chat. Cause they always love to hang out. And I said, you know, I just want to really apologize to you guys. Dad and I were arguing last night and I'm really sorry you had to hear all that. Dad and I should have discussed it somewhere else. Like, you know, Dad and I just, we got upset. We started, you know, getting, you know, just too chippy with each other. And I just want to say I'm really, really sorry for this. And the cool thing about it is that, of course, the kids are like, it's okay. We didn't really hear you. And I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> you did, but you're so sweet about this. And um, I just remember, you know, telling them I'm really just sorry. And they're like, it's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. We all get in arguments. And Abby just looked at me with all her sweetness. She's 14. She says, you know what, Mom? I'm just really glad that you and Dad feel safe enough to have a place where you can argue, to get all your feelings out. And if that's just not a great example that we're teaching our kids, that you can bring anything to the table. <laughs> Didn't feel that safe at the time. No, no. I thought I was going to get hit with a frying pan. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't worried about your, you. I was worried about their safety. I don't think they felt very that's, safe. That's a fact. <laughs> um, but uh, I just think it's really great that the kids can think like that. You know, they were like, you know, when we argue too, we know we can just argue. It's always going to be okay. We never have to worry about anything. And I was like, you are too sweet. Thank you for making everything feel like, you know, we all need this time sometimes to be able to just come in a safe place, discuss things, even if it's at high level, and that we're all still going to be forgiven and moved on, and it's going to be okay. And she was like, it's okay. And then I go, so anybody want me to order you some donuts? Like this whole guilt thing went over me. And next thing you know, I'm ordering donuts for the kids. But, Gosh. you know, I just think it's really you neat. You didn't get me a donut. You didn't need one. <laughs> and um, you didn't need one at all. You weren't getting a donut. I don't feel like any standard got restored well, on my end. <laughs> You, I don't think you asked for forgiveness. So, you know, <laughs> we got to back up all the way. That could be true. No, that could be a fact. But uh -huh. um, so anyways, I just think it's great, you know, being able to really come to a place where you can always restore the standard is been such an important thing for our family. And to understand that we all are going to go through seasons where we're going to need to walk through things. But as long as we can walk through it with God and with our family, it's going to be okay. All right. Yeah. What a great episode. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and thanks for your love and support. We hope that today's episode added tremendous value to you and your family. 
It would mean so much to us if you would partner with us on our mission of helping parents around the globe raise champion children in this crazy world. To do so, simply take a moment to like and share this podcast with everyone in your network. And we have great news. You get more of us. You can expect new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. So be sure to consistently tune in with us and enjoy our show. See you next time. Thank you.